Hello and welcome once again to another edition of uh, Fleet Die Hard, the independent view from an independent supporter of all things on and off the pitch, as always, at my favourite club, the mighty Ebbsfleet United. So this is season four, episode 15, and I'm bringing this to you um, on Wednesday after the Tuesday night game against Farnborough United away. Uh, this one's going to be quite a, 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 a different podcast insofar as I've got a guest with me today who's been on a couple of times so those of you who are regular listeners will obviously know um, who this guy is. Um, first of all and most importantly he's my son. Uh, secondly he's a journalist for a national newspaper, a sports journalist for a national newspaper. He's here today going to give his views on, he's, and he's a lifelong fleet fan like me as well. Um, he's here today, he's going to give his views on last night's game. We're going to have a look at the season so far, what's ahead, what, you know, what, what needs to be changed and what doesn't. And the views that he gives obviously will be his own and not that of the paper that he works or the news um, the, the publication that he works for. So, yes, so last night we uh, went away to Farnborough United. Farnborough United, Josh is right, it? Just Farnborough. Just Farnborough, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, went away to Farnborough, um, jumped on the coach with the Fleet Trust down there. Um, uh, haven't been there since 2014, and those long-term supporters will, of course, remember the, the game prior to that where we uh, we won the playoff final and took the place over. Wasn't quite the same last night, although there was a good crowd there and a good representation again away of Fleet fans, which was always good to see. Uh, but the game, talking about the game, um, it was it ended in a 2-2 draw. Scored goals from Domi and uh, Hayden Hollis. Now looking at the game, and I say this every podcast, but I might go into it in a little bit more depth today as I've got Josh here. I, uh, uh, but I'm not going to go through the whole match in detail because you were either there or you listened to it on commentary or you'll see the highlights at some point, so you'll get an overview. But just to say, and I don't know if you agree, Josh, really sloppy, poor first half. I think we... we I don't know what was wrong because I, our passing, I thought, was awful. And the number of times we gave the ball away to yellow shirts last night was quite worrying. Um, it's and, and we were sloppy at the back again. Uh, and, and that, again, worries me. And that's been a worry of mine all season. I know you haven't been to as many games as I've been to, but it's it's a common thread. What was your views on that? Yeah, first half was very sloppy. Um, didn't look like a performance of runaway league leaders in that first half. But you get to the second half and we semi-turn it on. Um, Domi goal was very good. Uh, Hayden Hollis goal was very similar in the sense that um, a run down the right, cut inside, shot, keeper saved that one, it was tapped in. Um, but it almost turned into a bit of inevitability um, that we go behind, but it's all right, we'll come from behind and score, probably score again and potentially win the game. And then, once say, we gave it away in the, the last couple of minutes, but... It's frustrating to concede so late on. Yeah, let's take pick you up on a couple of those points here because um, the the point you just made about it's it's becoming a trend, isn't it? That we we fall behind, we don't play very well in the first half, and it's it's almost as if we need we need to go a goal down before we wake up and start performing. 
Um, and my worry is, and we'll we'll touch on this later on when we when we sort of look at look at what's ahead possibly next season. But my worry is that you know if we don't address this now as a matter of urgency, um, that's going to cost us hugely because I don't think we'll get away with the sloppiness at the back. And you know if a team you know you're you're playing teams at another level in the national league, and if they go a goal ahead it's going to be much more difficult to retrieve it and to pull it back. Yes, correct. It's almost like last night I was watching the game and almost like we didn't know what we were going to do. We were kind of waiting to see what Farm were bring in that first half and then Dennis works out at half-time, OK, they're doing this, we can do this to counteract it, um, which is just a weird way of... We could have put our authority on the game from very early on. We did have a fair bit of the ball in the first 10 minutes... Um, it's like we're playing reactionary football, isn't it? It's like yeah, one hundred percent. I don't know if that's a a scouting issue that we don't know what they're going to bring. Um, especially last night, that long throw. Once they've had one or two of them, you realise what's coming. Exactly. Um, and still, we couldn't deal with the long throw, and they're not easy to deal with. But it's almost like yeah, we are not sure what they're going to bring. Instead of trying to dominate the game, let's just wait and see what they do. Almost waiting for a mistake from them. Um, and then, as I say, in that f- second half, when we did realise what was going on, we realised how to get at them and mm. it paid dividends. Mm. Well, let's look, let's look at that because we went behind on 28 minutes. Uh, and then, as you said, in the second half, we came out a different team. I still don't think we were great, in, even in the second half. We were still quite sloppy. Um, but we, did, we pulled it back um, and then... And then we went 2-1 up. And, of course, we're all jumping around and we're all thinking, you know, we've done it again. We, we've, 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 we've gained a victory from the jaws of defeat, as it were. And you get to that last couple of minutes. So you're in the last minute. I think it was the 94th minute last night. So you're in the, the, absolutely in the dying seconds of the game. And rather than shut up shop, which is quite reminiscent of the playoff... Uh, final last season, um, rather than shut up shop and close it down, we, we carried on on the attack and we gave the ball away. And, of course, we know what happened there. They went, they went and, and, and banged in a, a much-valued uh, equaliser for them. Um, and, of course, I, I guess for them at that point, that felt like a victory. Yeah, of course it does. And if we'd been 2-1 down and we'd scored late on to make it 2-2, it would have felt like a, a victory for us. It, it, it is disappointing. I would say, judging the game as a whole, a draw was probably a fair result. Um, but yeah, it's frustrating, disappointing to concede so late on. Um, it's seven points from three no. tough away games. Um, so so we've got seven points from three tough away games, seven from a possible nine points. So do you see last night as a point gain or do you see it as a point lost? Well, it's two points lost. Two points lost. Um, three, yeah. it, it's definitely two points lost. It's very easy to go, oh, seven from nine. Yes, but it's one from three. Um, it's one point from a potential three. Yeah. Yes, if you'd asked us three games ago, would we have taken seven from nine? I'm sure most of us would. But if you'd asked us last night, going into stoppage time, would we have taken one point? I don't think anybody would have. No. Um, because for one of the reasons is that we know that we're, we're a better footballing team. Probably, probably the best footballing team in the league. Um, and, you know, we should... We should and we should have the, the mental... The brain power 
to kill off a game. Yeah, yeah. And, and the talk on the coach, yeah, it's a point got uh, gained and we're a point further ahead of Dartford. Yeah, but Dartford didn't play last night. They've now got a game in hand. So mm. if they did play and won, we would not have been as optimistic and true about the one point. Um so why do you think we have this issue with the first half? What do you, what I mean I know we've we've touched on that there that it's it's you know I don't I just we we it, particularly the second half of this season so far we've looked really lethargic in the first half and it's almost as if we feel we have a right to win and get three points and it's only when we realize actually we're not quite as good as we think we are. We're not quite the finish article yet. We go, we go a goal down. That seems to wake us up. Do you think? Do you think this is? I don't know. What 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 do you think is the reason that the thought process behind that? Yeah, I'm not sure. As I say, I, it's the case of we're waiting to see what the opposition do. Um, which yeah, if we are to to be promoted, sometimes you're waiting and you'll be three nil down before you can click in. Um, it seems if we do score early, we win comfortably. Um, but when we go behind, it's almost like waiting for Dennis to make a change rather than the players to make their own get up and go kind of thing. It's just, yeah, the poor start, uh, it will cost us. Um, well, it will next season if, you know, as I said before, that, that they'll jump all over us if you. Well, it costs, look, it costs us last night. If we're not 1 0 down, yeah. Then. Do we finish 2-2 or do we go yeah. on and become stronger in the second half regardless, but we're not 1-0 down? Yeah, true. And, and you know, the, there's work to do. We get, As far as I'm concerned, you know, give the ball away way too many times, way too easily, and, and we need to tie it up at the back. But we'll talk about that when we, when we look ahead. So as things stand at the moment, OK, looking at things mathematically and factually, so this is not... You know, this is not if Dartford drop points or if Oxford drop points or if Haven drop points, which they all will, and probably so will we. But this is factual, mathematical facts as it stands at the moment. So you've got the Fleet are on uh, 80 points with 11 games to go. So the maximum points that the Fleet can get if they won every game now from the, here to the end of the season will be 113 points. Um, our nearest rivals, obviously, are Dartford at the moment. They didn't play last night. They've got 66 points and they've got uh, 12 games to go. So the maximum points that Dartford can achieve should they win every game from now to the end of the season is 102 points, which basically means we need 103 points to guarantee, you know, to lift the title. In fact, probably 102 because of the goal difference. So we need 22 points. Um, That wins us the title, which equates to seven wins and a draw from the last 11 games that we've got. And I've worked that out. It hasn't changed from what it was prior to last night's game that we could um, we could win the automatic promotion and win the, win the title at home to Oxford City on Good Friday, the uh, 7th, 7th of April. Um, now, as I said, Josh, um, I expect us to drop points, but particularly if we play the way we... we, we, we you know, the start games away we've we did last night and have done in previous games. So we are going to drop points. But subsequently, I think so are Dartford and so are Haven. I don't even think Haven are in the picture now. But so And so are Oxford. So it probably evens it out and, and nothing really changes. No, yeah. I, you'd expect all teams to drop points. I mean, 
It was very actually what it was Sutton that went on a remarkable run a few years ago to beat us to the title. It was Maidenhead with Dave Tarpey who had a remarkable season to beat us to the title. Um, it would be very us to have Dartford go and win all their games. Um, regardless, they win all their games. We win all ours. We're still 11 points. We've still got, in theory, 11 points to play with. Um, we've got two tough home games coming up. Um, I think you talk about dates of when it happened. As long as it doesn't go into the last game of the season with us needing a result, mm. you'd hope it's done a lot more before. I'd then. say that's highly unlikely, wouldn't uh, you? Yeah, I would. But I think we don't care if it's done at Taunton or say the week before, as long as it gets done. Mm. Be nice if it's done at Taunton because obviously we, it's the uh, it's the annual uh, season weekend away for those members of the Fleet Trust and it's a nice little place to go. So it'd be nice to pick up, uh, you know, to be a, able to celebrate something away to Taunton as well. That'd be, that'd be quite nice. One little interesting thing last night was, so right at the end of the game, after, uh, after Farnborough scored the equaliser, there was a bit of a altercation. Obviously, it looked from where I was. Well, I haven't got the best eyesight in the world, but it looked from where I was that Dennis had come onto the pitch and was waving his arms around and looked quite agitated by everything. And it appeared to me that he picked up a red card. Now, I've seen the post-match interview with Dennis, and he's not mentioned that at all. Did did he did, from where you were standing, Josh? Did you did it look like it was a red card, or you saw a red card, or anything? Yeah, I certainly saw the referee flash a red card, and it it seemed that somebody stormed onto the pitch at full time. I don't know. We were. I wouldn't even say we were on the break as the full time whistle went. The ball was around the halfway line. So if if it was protests towards that, then it's completely pointless. Um, well, it'd be pointless anyway because if time's up, time's up, isn't it? It's. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it, that that's a whole other issue. It's a minimum of X amount. You go back to the Dorking game, minimum mm. of six minutes. Why is he playing nine or ten? Well, it's a minimum. Um, if the referee has added on four minutes fifty-five, um, and then is, uh, but he's a, he can only put up a minimum of four. He can't put up a minimum of five. He can only put no, up no. a minimum of four, but he can play the four fifty. But it, it, yeah, you're right. Um, it did look. I know you said we weren't on the break. We we just got the ball back, haven't we, from Farmer? And it was on the, it was on the right hand side that we, we appeared to be just starting to go on a break down that right right hand side, and uh, it looked as if he literally as if he was just about to play a through ball um, to to a forward, and, uh, and and the whistle blew. But you know that's football. That's that's how it is. Um, I, I that was if that's what upset Dennis. Or whoever it was, it's a it's a bit weird, and it's a bit worrying because Dennis has not got the best disciplinary record of, of, of as a manager this season. He's he's got himself in trouble quite a few times, and I think again, looking forward, that's probably something he's going to have to address. Yeah, perhaps. Um, yeah, last night I can't remember any controversial decisions from the referee at all. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a, a bizarre. One to be storming onto the pitch at full time probably is just the frustration of conceding so late on. Um, you'd hope it's the players that get the wrath in the dressing room um, a few minutes later than that. But mm. we'll see. Well, I was told uh, earlier in the season because you, I don't know whether we still we see it as much now as we used to, but you would always see uh, Damien down there on the touchline uh, or in the you know in in or around the uh, the dugout. And I was told that one of the reasons for that is that he needs to be close to Dennis to uh, sort of control Dennis's emotions. Yeah, perhaps. But uh, 
So the, the pressure is on. You can't deny that. Yes, we're however many points clear at the top of the league, but if we don't, don't win the league, um, it's a huge failure. So <laughs> the pressure is on and drop points. Yes, it's a draw, but drop points matter. Um, the manager at, any level. at any level. The manager wants to win every game. Um, well, we had the conversation last night. Um, you know, if the worst was to happen and we... Um, you know, let's say we did, we did suddenly drop a hat full of points, which is not beyond the realms of possibility, taking into account, obviously, you've only got to go back a couple of months to uh, December and, and you know, in early January with the Dartford um, debacle, which we'll come to later on. Uh, you know, it's not impossible that we could throw this away. It's highly, highly unlikely, but it's not possible. If we did throw it away, which is what we were saying last night. It would be the biggest bottle job since, uh, probably since Newcastle threw it away against Man United and Kevin Keegan's famous ran. Yeah, I mean, I don't even want to think about it. But yeah, it, it's drop points, as I say. It's everybody, oh, it's one point closer to the title. Yes, it is. But say, because Dartford weren't playing, if they were and if they won, it's a lot of ifs, buts, and maybes. But actually, it would have been one point lost in the race. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, and it still may be that way once they pull that. You know, once they play yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. In the there. grand scheme of things, it shouldn't make that much difference. But let's judge it in three games' time, two mm. games' time. If suddenly we draw and win the next two, suddenly it's only five points out of nine, and last night's result gets put in a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly, I looked. I, I, I did literally just before I, I started recording this. Um, I had a, I had a look a brief look at uh, the post-match interview with Dennis. And he acknowledged that we failed to kill the game off. Um, at least he's acknowledged it. It's what, what's going to be done about it is more concerning. Uh, he, he said it was a good point away. You know, we, we, we've just had that discussion. Is it a good point away? Uh, where we are in this season, and what our expectations are, I, don't, I personally don't think so. Uh, he, he did state that it was a horrible pitch. And it wasn't a great pitch, but I think we played on worse. Yeah, it was the pitch was a bit odd. The bounce didn't seem true, um, but it's the same pitch for both teams. Yes, yeah. Farnborough may be a bit more used to it. There was lots of sand being kicked up as well, wasn't there? You know, and you know when the ball bounced, you could see sand spraying up. It was also, it was quite a wide pitch, which we should have used to our advantage perhaps a bit more than we did. Um, but I mean, that's yeah, the nature of away games. You're not necessarily used to playing those surfaces. It, Again, maybe that's a reason for the slow start, um, mm. getting used to, to that. But yeah, it's uh, disappointing to have been so close to the three points and not to get them. And if if we had one, yeah, I say I think a draw was probably a fair result. If we had one, we might have been going, got away with one a little bit there after the first half and yeah. not looking great. Um, we did fail to kill the game. I don't remember us having loads of clear cut chances there. It wasn't that we, we were piling. We, we the didn't on. dominate the game. No, we weren't piling the pressure on Farnborough. We're not clinging on for to wait for their last chance. Uh, and that's credit to Farnborough as well, isn't it? Because I mean, they were they were a pretty decent side. They weren't a bad side. We, you know, in the scheme of they're probably I would say in the top five teams we've played this season. Yeah, so I've not seen a, a load of matches, but they were just good at their job. Um, yeah, they absolutely. Knew, they knew what they were doing. They had a game plan. They stuck to it, and it sort of worked for them. Um, just as a little bit of good news as well, which uh, Dennis clarified was that uh, Dommy went off we thought he was injured and he said no he's not he wasn't injured it was just fatigue um, and he said in fact it's a good thing that it was fatigue because it means he, he left 
everything out there on the pitch. He gave everything he had. So good news for that is that uh, Domi is not injured, so he's still available for, for games. And we've got, coming up, we've got Saturday, Hemel Hempstead. Yeah, Hemel at home on Saturday, Worthing at home on Tuesday night. A couple of, yeah, big games. Um, teams that, uh, historically, we don't seem to... Hemel, Hemel, one of those teams that we seem to often struggle against. Worthing, okay, we thrashed them earlier in the season, but they're still up in the playoffs. They're not going to come and roll over. I don't think they rolled over at Worthing. We, uh, at their place, we were just very good and very clinical. Um, so, yeah, it's... Predictions? Two, Predictions? Both being at home, you'd want to go for six points, but we need to win at least one of them. and not We need to not lose and win at least one of them. Four points... Four out, of, four, four out of six. Win Saturday, draw Tuesday would probably. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think at home we we're looking at six points there. Yeah, you you very much hope so. But anyway, anyway, we move on. So, so that sort of covered last night and, and and the next couple of games. But let's let's just try and sum up the season so far. Um, thoughts? What, what? Any thoughts on this at the moment? Yeah, I mean, if you'd asked me at the start of the season, were we in with a chance of winning it? I'd have said yes. Uh, it would probably be between us, Dartford and Haven't, um, and that's okay. It's now us, um, but Dartford and Haven't are our closest rivals. It's it's been a bit of a, a strange season, really. We've had um, a remarkable unbeaten run at the start of the season. We had a, I'm not going to call it. It was more than a blip. Um, people focus on the Dartford Christmas doubleheader. It was more than that. Those two games came on the back of. Defeats at home to Eastbourne on that freezing cold night when I had about 600 people down at Stonebridge Road. And game was almost postponed and, and we lost 2-0 on that one. We lost at Chesham, um, which was a dreadful result. Mm. So we'd had two losses going into the Dartford game. But actually before then, I think we'd won at Worthing and beat maybe Slough at home. But we'd actually between... I think it's the uh, 9th of November and the 6th of January. I'd only had two wins in all competitions. Um, this is before and after this kind of sandwiched in the middle of the yeah. two unbeaten runs. We're on an unbeaten run now. Yeah, yeah. And of course, in the middle of that mini beaten run, we had the 6-0 win against Worthing, which which people, that will compound it, but they thought, of, you know, you forget the losses and remember the wins. Yeah, it's just, I say, it was... Christmas a blip. Well, as my point is, it was just it was more than Christmas. It was more than Dartford. Um, it was a mid-season. It was a mid. To me, it was a mid-season mini crisis. Yeah, I, we were fortunate in the sense that we a couple of those defeats came outside of the league. We lost to Eastbourne in the FA Trophy. We lost to Fleetwood in the FA Cup. Uh, there was a number of postponements. Mm. Um, can we perhaps catch up? Count ourselves fortunate that there weren't a couple more games in there when we weren't on the best form but it is just a bit bizarre how we go from being on a unbeaten run we weren't as far clear at the top of the table as you might have hoped after whether it was 11 wins from 12 league well that's games. one of the things you need to give and I've done this in previous podcasts you've got to you've got to give credit to Haven and Waterlooville um, for staying so tight up our backsides this season because in any other season that I know I know I'm going over old ground but in any other season I think was it 23 we had unbeaten 23 games it was a lot of games wasn't it um in any other season we would have been ahead by possibly 
10 to 12 points at that stage of the season. And the fact that we were only two points in front of having a Waterlooville, you, you know, that's great. They've fallen away now. I don't even think they're in the picture now, which is a shame for them. Uh, but, I mean, they can probably... They'll look back at their season with huge disappointment because they were within touching distance of us. Um, and, you know, they the drop away at these last few games is... is it's going to cost them. Yeah, I think you can argue the same about Dartford. They had a, a dreadful start to the season. Um, I think we're only just above the relegation zone after about five or six games. But then after Christmas, yes, we had games in hand on, on them. But they were, what, five or six points clear of us? Mm-hmm. Um, so they've obviously fallen away. And we have had a remarkable run since New Year's Day defeat. Um, so that's credit, isn't it, to to Dennis and the, the coaching team and to the players' attitudes and their mental attitudes. The fact that we got through that, that which could have been an extremely costly mini-crisis, and then we've, you know, subsequently got on this amazing second undefeated run, which continues. Yeah, I just... There's a bit of a worry that we're a bit of a, a streak team, that we either have a run of being unbeaten, or if we do suffer a defeat... it. We don't bounce back. I remember last season we lost at Dorking, thrashed 5-1, and then I think the Tuesday night we went and lost 4-0 at Maidstone. Mm. Or, or it was something like that. Maybe it was beating at Dulwich and then beating at Maidstone. It's Yeah, I, next season, should we go up, we will suffer defeats, and the response to them will be key. Um, we can't go four or five losses in a row, no. um, as we did over... Over Christmas, but yeah, as I say, it was we had three losses in a row in all competitions. Um, beaten at home by Tunbridge in the league for our first league defeat, lost to Eastbourne, lost to Fleetwood. Um, okay, the Fleetwood won absolutely fine, it's the FA Cup, the Eastbourne won absolutely fine, it's the FA Trophy. Um, but then those four league defeats, say Dartford, we don't want to lose to Dartford at any time of the year. No, I mean, that hurts, um, especially with them being up on us at the time. Um, but yeah, it that was the the kind of the summit and then we've come back down the other side. But we had lost a couple of games before then. It's yeah, focus the focus is on Dartford, but that was the end of a very rocky couple of months. Yeah, it was. And and you know, if anybody that's listening to this casts their mind back, the talk me included, the talk was doom and gloom. The talk the talk was that we've blown this, that we're not good enough, the changes need to be made, etc. 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 Um, but you know, I, I know you said it's a bit worrying that we may be a street team, but it has to be credit to the team that that the resilience and they have bounced back. I think. Yeah, I'm not sure kind of what changed, what was said, what was done between that and the start of this um, second unbeaten run. But whatever has been said and whatever has been done uh, has worked wonders. Um, say that that it's two months since we were beaten heavily by mm. Dartford home and away and now we're what, 13 points 14 points clear of them at the, yeah. at the top of the league you, uh... and do you feel I do feel when I look at this squad that we've got and we're going to talk about the squad for next season in a minute um, I, I do feel that this squad or the team ethic that, that Dennis and co have, have, have built around the club you can see there's a togetherness can't you you can see you know it's not just a team of players that are playing together every Saturday uh, there seems to be a real um, joint venture 
attitude about them. Yeah, there is. Uh, we can't deny we've got a, a very strong squad. It's a squad that probably should be winning the league. Um, you look at us having a chat last night. Man City were playing the FA Cup as well. And uh, Man City have got strong. They've got De Bruyne or Mares, And it's, well, whoever Man City play, they go strong. They don't have De Bruyne or Mares, They've got Grealish and Foden. Um, I'd argue maybe apart from our strike duo um, of Bingham and Pollyon, the rest of the team is, again, very interchangeable and it's still very strong and competitive. Should be competitive and arguably winning most games, um, in this league at least. And that brings us very nicely to moving on to where the, or what I wanted to discuss now. So, assuming that all goes to plan and we wrap up the, the season and become champions and we move into the National League up with the big boys, as it were, next season... How good do you think this squad is that we've currently got? Do you think they're good enough? And if you don't think they're good enough, what, if any, changes would you make? I think there's a lot to be said for consistency. Um, this squad would keep us up, I believe, um, regarding everyone staying fit. We have been fortunate this season in the sense that Polyon and Bingham have both stayed largely fit and can't really recall them missing a game. Um Who's been our strongest, who would you say has been our best player of the season? If you had to put your finger on it right now and name a name, who are you naming? Uh, so I've not seen a load of games to make probably the fairest of judgment, but by all accounts, it seems to be Christian and Gessen in the middle. Seems yeah, to absolutely. be our, our key performer. Um, but then without Polyon's goals, without Solly when he plays control on the game from mm. the back... Uh, yeah. You can't, I mean, yeah, uh, for me, Engerson has been the most consistent, solid performer throughout the season. But having said that, Polion, for me, look at, just look at the number of goals he scored. Uh, yeah. He's found his level there. I mean, this is my view, and it may differ completely. And I'll be interested for, th- for you guys that are listening to this out there. Um, once you've listened to this podcast, there is an option for you to put your views and comments, I think. Um, or you can put it on Twitter, or you can you can send me uh, comments via if those of you that are friends with me on Facebook, through Facebook Messenger. But I would be interested to know what your views are, and I'm going to give you mine. My view is this. I don't think the squad that we've got now, as good as we are, and 13 points clear of Dartford, etc., etc., I don't think they're good enough to stay, to, to compete at National League level. I think some of them are, but I think, for me, I believe there would need to be six or seven changes in that squad. Uh, I would keep the likes of Polion. I would keep Engerson. Um, I don't really want to... Well, yeah, OK. I wouldn't keep Cole Thurst. Um, I would keep Hollis. Solly? Well, well, I don't know. Solly? I think you, you keep Solly for the experience. Um he, what, five foot something and still can control games from the back. Um, there are going to be a lot of games next season, should we go up, that we're going to go into as huge underdogs. But there are also a lot of games that, especially at home, that we should be thinking we're favourites. You talk the likes of Maidenhead. Um, Maidstone look like they're down, but the likes of Dorking or... Yeah, there are teams down there that we should pick up points pick up points against and then you will get the odd good result at the bigger teams I don't so so from what you're saying then we we will be looking we're not looking 
to, to cause any great waves next season. We're looking for consolidation. Yeah, 100%. I would take probably a, a 14th or 15th next season if we were to go up. Um, there will be changes need to be made. Um, but Dennis openly says that it takes his players four to six months to settle into his system. We start making wholesale changes in the summer. Mm. It's not until Christmas that we start playing. And by then, it could be too late and we're playing. Well, perhaps that's why you bought in... Is it Clifford? Why you bought in Clifford? Yeah, I, I fully think that is he is planning for next season. Um, last night was the first time I'd seen Billy Clifford play for us. And yeah, I thought he was struggled, to be honest. Um, mm. I think he was the first substitution to be made. Uh, and I'd say whether that is a case of get used to the system. Because um, he's, been, he's been pretty good. Up to last night, and even then, I don't think he was awful last night. No, I just I don't think he was. I was expecting more. Perhaps my yeah. expectations of him were too high. Um, what about um, Darren McQueen? Yeah, Darren McQueen hasn't been the same since he suffered that injury for I us th- when we were back in the National League. Um, I thought he looked very leggy last night. He's had yeah, he's had spells. Uh, I think he was at Dartford for a bit. Um, he was at Dagenham for a bit. When we went up last time after beating Chelmsford in the playoffs and Darren McQueen scored the the winner that day and, and it was early in the season, the next season, that he got injured. But before then, his his pace was the factor. Yeah. Um, that is one thing I would say about us is we don't have much pace up top. Um, mm. There's not many... We're not balls, incisive, are we? No, there's not many balls in behind that... Players are running onto and running away from defenders. You've got the likes of Pollyon trying to run onto, but he's not quite got the pace to break away that McQueen used to have. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally get that. I, th- I I also think that the one area where we would definitely, definitely need to... Well, you know, you could, you could say the whole squad, I guess, but one area that definitely will need an overhaul or, or beefing up, I think we need more physicality. We need more physical players... Because I think, I think in in the national league you're going to get more footballing sides, but I'm I'm looking back at this season and the teams that have given us problems this season have been teams that have got big strong physical players that have got in our faces and pressed us, and once when that's happened and they haven't allowed us to play football, then we we don't seem you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bang on you know this has been talked to death. Um, but we don't seem to have that plan B option. But, but what I'm saying is, if we, when we do make changes, I think you know a nice big central defender, uh, and maybe a ni- an additional nice big, uh, tall, strong striker. Yeah, perhaps. Um, as I say, I think this squad would keep us up, maybe by the skin of our teeth, and you don't know how other teams are going to do next year. But I just. I don't want it to be a case that we've had in years gone by where we're only keeping two or three from the season before. Um, because I think you are then, with the way Dennis plays mm. and the way Dennis wants us to play, I think you are then doomed. Mm. A core needs to stay who knows what we're getting out of him, or what we're getting out of the, the team, knows what they what Dennis wants to do. So it's a strengthening rather than a restructure? Yeah, 100%. And of course, you go up a league, you need to strengthen. Um, there are areas, yeah, there are players that, I mean, if you're not getting into our squad now, you're definitely not going to get into it in a league above. No, absolutely. Um, we like, we've mentioned Cawthurst and McQueen. What we have, who we haven't mentioned is Elliot Remain. Um, we haven't mentioned Chapman, Jack, Paxman. Jack Paxman, been on loan at 
Dover if he's he's back there isn't he he's back now but wasn't on the bench I don't think last night he's not been involved in our squad that much why mm. would we then involve him in the league above um, and don't get me wrong there are players that do play better higher up the leagues for whatever reason um, Jack Powell strikes me as one where in years gone by he was great in the south wasn't as good in the national league um, and then is now playing regularly at Crawley in league two yeah um, it's weird, isn't it? I remember um, somebody said to me, well, somebody who's a Wimbledon fan and who's, who's very close to you and I, Josh, uh, said to me about Polion, because Polion obviously used to play, has played for Wimbledon. And <clears throat> I was raving about, you know, his, his, his goal ratio and et cetera, et cetera. And this person said to me, um, yeah, but he was crap at Wimbledon. He's found his, he's found his level at, at, you know, in this league, at this level. And that begs the question again, doesn't it? Perhaps if he goes up to National League, might it just be, you know, it's that, it's that yard faster. It's that, it's that little bit more strength from other, your opposition players uh, and the quicker thinking. He may struggle. Yeah, potentially. I've held the belief for a long time that there are players at this level that if they played at the top of their game every game are... Uh, Championship or League One ability. Mm. The issue is they're playing at this level because there's no consistency. Absolutely. And you look again, Bolion will miss some golden opportunities. Um, that okay, we're going obviously well above, but Harry Kane is playing in the Premier League because a sniff of a chance yeah. he takes. Well, I've touched on this before. I've mentioned this before. I think there's a whole raft of reasons why. You know, we saw it even last night. We saw. Scoring opportunities, you see a, a gap which is only there for a split second and then the chance has gone and we haven't taken the chance. And I believe, I've said this before and I'll say it again, I believe there's nothing to do with physicality. I believe that's to do with the, the brain giving the message to the body to take that shot. And that's, that's the, the difference between a premiership player and players at lower level. They're, they're, they're switch on, they're... they're there's a chance, take it, bang, gone, the goal's in. Yep. That doesn't happen at lower level. That's why they play at those lower levels. Yeah, exactly. Um, I say there will be changes need to be made. Um, we know the way Dennis likes to play. How many times do we get the ball out wide and it's get a ball into the box? But no, the ball comes back out across, 30 yards out across yep. the pitch, back to the other side. Get the ball in the box. No, back out. Oh. Looking for that. Almost perfect goal. Um, yeah. And yes, okay, the percentages say you put a ball in the box, uh, defenders going to get Do you know what, as, as a spectator, when you're standing, you know, I always stand behind the goals, the, the opposition goals, you know. That is one of the most frustrating things. We, you, and you hear the frustration in your fellow supporters around you. Uh, and we know, we know it's an instruction. We know it's, you know, Dennis, Dennis has come out and openly said he doesn't want to take in 50-50 shots. Because there's a fifty percent chance that it won't go in. Uh, he's looking for that perfect goal. Yeah, I understand it, and it's very frustrating. It's the same at a corner that doesn't beat a first man, but five inches higher, mm. and it does beat the first man. Is the perfect corner? There's such mm. a, a small gap to for mm. a cross for a. Corner. But you'd think even at this level, wouldn't you? You know, bearing in mind we're a fully professional team, and we've got a squad full of players. You know, players that have played at high level. You'd think we'd be able to take a decent corner. I mean, even at, well, probably not my age now, but even when I was you know younger, you know, if you played amateur football, 
you'd like to think taking a corner, you could, you could, you know, get it further than the first, you know, the near post and the first man. Yeah, you can, but then you're looping it. To do that, we're looping it into the box. They're looking for that trajectory. And it's the same with a cross or the same with any set-piece delivery. You're looking... We can all just chip it into the box. Mm. But you, how is that going from the penalty spot into the goal? You're not creating that no, power and header. You need, you need the trajectory, you need the velocity to get that and to have it the perfect height. Bear in mind, it's got to get over a first man and back down again. Well... 10 yards later. Yeah. It's not easy. Um, but as football fans, it's very frustrating. Absolutely. It's very frustrating when a 40-yard pass to an open man is five yards too far ahead of him. But there's yeah. such a small gap. And maybe it's we're seeing it week in, week out on match of the day of players being able to perform it that you then go and watch this lower level. You're like, oh, well, it's just that, why? Like mm. It's five yards, but there's such a small gap. It's an error, a margin of error. Yeah. Um, and that's how it is. Josh, have you got anything else you wanted to bring up before we... Because we've done 40 minutes on here, so I don't want to start to bore people. No, hopefully uh, next time I speak to you, maybe Taunton will be those few points closer to, to winning this league and getting back where a lot of us feel we rightly belong after the COVID um, farce, shall we call it? Yeah. Um, hopefully then... Well, um, well, perhaps with the Taunton game, um, you know, depending on where we are and what the situation is, and obviously we're all away at Taunton for that weekend, might do a, a slightly different... I've done one like this before. I might do a slightly different podcast where we do a, a before kickoff and then an after kickoff uh, section and sort of get some views of some other people that are with us in our little footballing party and some opinions afterwards along with a... But anyway, that's, that's, that's a little bit of time away yet. Josh, it's been an absolute pleasure, as always, having you on board. Um, thank you for coming along and thank you for your views. And uh, folks, for those of you that have endured the last 41 minutes, uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. This is obviously just our views and it's nothing, there's nothing official in what we say. It's just, it's just two fans giving their opinion uh, because we're passionate about our club. As Dennis would, as uh, Damien would say, we've got very, very passionate fans. Um, guys, I'm hoping the next time we speak, we're going to be. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to be on Saturday's game. This coming up game on Saturday because I'm working as normal. But I will. I am hoping to be at Tuesday's game. So we'll probably do the next podcast after Tuesday's game, where hopefully we'll be six points nearer the 22 was it I said we need yeah. nearer the 22 points that we need and if we are that makes a huge dent in it so hope you've liked this podcast hope you've enjoyed it as always give it the thumbs up or subscribe or share it amongst your friends talk about it give me some feedback as well always interested to hear it and uh, here's to the next one up the fleet <laughs> <laughs>